Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Oh, good. I heard a few of you out there. Great. Well, as before we start here, I'd like to lead us in prayer for a special prayer request. I received a phone call this morning. Um, my cousin um, and her daughter this morning was rushed to the emergency room with um, bleeding that was out of control, and she's expecting a little one. And um, I don't know anything more than that. So her name is Sophie. Many of you know my Aunt Debbie, Debbie Consular. This would be her eldest granddaughter. So we could just take a moment here to pray for Sophie. Heavenly Father, we, we bow to you and give thanks for the fact that you love us, that you know us, and you know the problems. Lord, I lift up to you right now, Sophie and her husband. Lord, I pray that uh, whatever this bleeding is, it would be stopped and be under control, that you would preserve the life of this little one. Lord, I pray that in this, both Sophie and her husband would cling on to you and hope in you and rest in you. And we pray that you would do a work only you can do and pray that you will guide the doctors in whatever they can do in this day. We just pray these things in your name. Amen. Last week, we had a three-word sermon. Does anybody remember the three-word sermon? Some of you do. Don't be shy. Jed? God with me. God with me. Yes, in Haggai chapter 1, this was the sermon. I am with you, saith the Lord. Isn't that exciting? Amen. God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to fear. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Well, I'm sure we would all shake our heads yes and say yes. But in the heart of hearts, in the moments when we have trials, think for a moment, put yourself in Sophie's shoes right now. Don't know what's going on. In those moments, is God with you? In the valley of the shadow of death, is God with you? He's always with us. And we can be content and we can worship him in those times no matter what. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Ezra. Ezra chapter 5. Ezra chapter 5. The people of Israel have been in bondage, kind of, sort of, captivity nonetheless, in Babylon and spread across to Syria, Persia. They've been in captivity for 70 years. Under the leadership of Zerubbabel, they've come back to Jerusalem. And does anybody remember what their job is, what they're planning to do in Jerusalem? What do they want to do? Nobody remembers. Hannah, they want to rebuild the temple. Because it has laid, laid in ruins for, let's see here, that would be uh, 55 years. And they're going to rebuild it. And you remember they start rebuilding that temple. But something happened. What happened that caused them to stop? Anybody remember? Elijah? The people from Samaria weakening them. That's right. They discouraged them. They threatened them. And then they spread lies about them. And it caused them to stop. 
You ever been on something good and then you got discouraged or threatened and you gave up? Well, you're not unique. It's a very common human experience. And uh, in those moments, we need to remember God is with us and do what's right. Does anybody remember how many years passed before they started rebuilding again? I'll give you a hint. It's close to my daughter Faith's age. Lincoln? 14, that's how old Faith is, but I said it's close. Elijah? 15 years. They stopped for 15 years. But you know what they did during those 15 years? They focused on their own houses. They focused on doing their own things to the neglect of what they really should have been doing. And it tells us here in Ezra chapter 5, well, you look at it. You look at Ezra chapter 5 and the first verse, and you tell me, God raised up some prophets, and when you find their names, can you just shout them out real loud so everybody can hear? Yes, Haggai and Zechariah. How many of you want one of them names? Yeah, it's, sometimes we have Zachary, right? Zechariah. That's actually a really great name. And so is Haggai. But do we know who these guys are and what they have to say? That little book in the Old Testament, that's Haggai. We have a book in the Bible called Zechariah. And some of you, and it's okay if this is all you know, some of you only know these guys because there's a book named after them. And that's okay. Now today you're going to learn some more about these guys. Particularly today we're going to look at Haggai because he has a sermon. And I like Haggai, even though I don't know a lot about him. You know the biggest reason I like Haggai? Because he has a teaching method that's just like Jesus' teaching method, and I really like it. He uses object lessons, and he uses illustrations. And it all has to do with, he really has a theme in his sermons. And it's summed up in another three-word sermon. Last week, the three-word sermon, which came from Haggai, was, I am with you. Well, in Hebrew, it's three words. I am with you. Well, there's another phrase that is repeated in the book of Haggai. Does anybody happen to already know what that phrase is? Three-word phrase? Yes. Consider your ways. She got it. Consider your ways. Okay, since you got it, can you tell me what it means? Think about what you're doing. That's exactly what I was going to say. Think about what you're doing. You see, many times when we live our life, we just live life. We get up and we feed our face and hopefully we brush our teeth and we go about our days and we do our jobs so that we can get up the next day and feed our face and brush our teeth, hopefully, right? Now, I'm not saying those are bad things. You better be brushing your teeth. It's a good thing to brush your teeth. But think about it. What are you doing with your days? with your hours, with your minutes. 
if you're like me, sometimes you're doing something and you don't even realize it, but the whole day just went by. Woof! And you think back, or do we think back and say, what did I do all day? What did I accomplish? And this can happen in lots of different ways. It can even happen when you're at work and you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm actually at work. What do you mean I didn't do anything? I have to do something. But do we? Throughout the day, our schoolwork, what are we getting done? Or what are we doing for eternity? Think about what you're doing. Consider your ways. I need some helpers. Let's see, I need one, two, three, four helpers. Can I have four helpers? Okay, we got one here. I got one here. Uh, let's see here. Yep, okay, there's three. Oh my, I'm gonna have to pick here. Uh, uh. Okay, here, let's see. Miss um, Fold, can you stand up and look at all these hands and pick somebody so that I don't get accused of favoritism? <laughs> Everybody knows Miss Foltz will just, just pick. <laughs> see how hard this is? Oh, ho, ho, ho. You got a guy right here in your pew. You want to check him out? So we got, oh. Where's the, come on up. Where, didn't I see three already come up? Where'd the other third one go? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gad, I thought you were coming. Come on up. Okay. Here, I've got four helpers. Now, how many of you, when you came in this morning, noticed something strange about the stage? You did? Anybody else? Oh, a few of you did. You know what? You guys are probably those who consider your ways. You're paying attention. Now that I've mentioned it, anybody else notice anything strange about the stage? Oh, you can't see it. Well, come on up here, guys. You guys tell me if you can see anything up here. What's going on up here? Somebody going to say? There's money all over the stage, isn't there? Okay, I've got a job. I've got a job. And um, I want you guys to pick up the money. And you get to keep the wages, okay? But hey, there's one deal. You got to put it in these bags. This is the deal, okay? So you guys just spread around and start picking it up and putting it in these bags, all right? Now, all of you out here as you're watching, go ahead and um, look at your Bibles and um, read verse 6 in your head. And think if you can figure out something that's going on here. They having trouble? <laughs> I put it in the bag. I 
Have you noticed something about every one of these? Every one of them have considered their ways. You see that? <laughs> She's having trouble. <laughs> Isn't this hard? Oh, careful, careful, let her figure it out here. She, she's, she's considering her ways, maybe a little slower. <laughs> wow, this is hard. Do you guys know what the problem is? What's their problem? All the bags have holes. You're right. Now, let me tell you, these, these kids up here, they're smart. You see him? He's figured out that his bag's got a hole. And, and did you? Did you all figure out that you have a hole in your bag? And what did you? Oh, did you consider your ways? How many times did you try to figure out how to pick up coins without dropping them? Um, I don't know. I never really thought about it. You never, yeah, well, you just kind of kept figuring it out, and it was like, this is a problem. But did you all figure it out? Did they all figure it out? Yep, they figured out their bags had holes in them. Thank you, guys. You get to keep your coins. Just so you know, you can look through them later. Don't do it while we're teaching. But I did put a special drummer boy quarter out there. There was, there was, there was four of them, so you might get one of those in your bag. When I was a kid, I thought those were special, and I think they might still be. I don't know. Most kids nowadays don't get drummer boy quarters. <clears throat> okay. Look with me at Haggai. Haggai says to the people. Let's just read the whole passage here, beginning in verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? This was a fancy paneling that they had put in their houses. Not necessarily fanceling, but a paneling that they had put in their houses, a wood paneling. And this house, the house of God, lay waste. It's in ruins. It's been destroyed. It's been burned. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much. They went out and planted a lot of seeds and bring in little. The harvest is small. Ye eat but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. He looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, lies in ruins destroyed. And ye run every man into his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. What's basically going on here is there is a direct judgment of God upon the people 
There's a famine. And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the noon wine and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men and upon cattle and upon all the labor of the hands. There's something very unique here with Haggai and the nation of Israel, and that is this. God had warned them way back in the days of Moses that if you follow me, if you obey me, if you do as I command you, I will bless you abundantly. But if you disobey me, I will stop the rain. I will send famine. I will send drought. Follow me. Obey me. And in this day, God had a mission for those people. Rebuild the temple. And instead of rebuilding the temple, they rebuilt their own homes. And they decorated their homes. May I say they then remodeled their homes. And they were focused in their own lives, their own way, for 15 long years. And in that 15 years, God sent a famine at some point to get their attention. And you know what happens? They heard the words of Haggai, and Zerubbabel, their prince, led them in going back and obeying God and rebuilding the temple. Let's read it, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatiel, and Joshua, the son of Joshadak, the high priest, with all the remnants of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God in the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shatiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jekak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, in the four and twentieth day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius the king. The people had been disobeying, and they'd been focused not on bad things, on good things to the neglect of what God really wanted them to be doing. And you know, they were not finding fulfillment. They were not finding satisfaction. They were not finding peace in their hearts. And in fact, the judgment of God was upon them. And the messenger of God comes to them and preaches. And what was his three-word sermon? What was the three, three words that was the main point of his sermon? How did he start it and how did he end it? What are the three words? There's the, that's, the, that's one of the concluding points, but in the middle of the sermon to get them to move, what were the three words? Look, look, look at it. You'll see it in verse 5. You'll see it in verse 7. What's the call? What's the call? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Think about what you are doing. What are you doing? doing. 
We've just used one illustration up here. Would all of you think it really silly if these kids just kept on going all day trying to pick up those coins and never considered that they were falling out? What would you all think of them? <laughs> None of you really want to say it. You want to be polite. But did you notice that even a child was able to understand and was able to consider their ways? Even a child was. Do we, in the big picture of life, consider our ways? Because I'm going to give you a little hint of some things. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Haggai's sermon is the same. Jesus was saying the same thing. Are you gaining the whole world? Are you building yourself the big houses and the big barns? And oh, you build more barns to be able to take in all of your crops. You see, what was going on here is there was a literal famine. There was a literal famine. And there was poverty. And that's how God was getting their attention. Jesus' message was to a people who were living in extreme wealth. Two different time periods. In the days of Haggai, the people were not obeying God. They were not building the temple like they were supposed to be. They were focused on survival by the end of the 15 years. In the days of Jesus, the Jews had built the temple. Oh, wow. It was called Herod's temple. Why was it called Herod's temple? Because Herod had financed a massive expansion project on that temple. And the temple was, in a way, magnificent. But do you know how many people came to that temple, quote-unquote, worshiping Jehovah in their wealth, in their success, having it all, and yet they did not know the power of God? So we look back in history and we see the people in the days of Haggai and we see the people in the days of Jesus. Those who started off with nothing and ended, well, <laughs> continued with nothing. Those who were in great prosperity, two extremes. But the problem was still there. Consider your ways. Do we go through life filling our bags with money? and our bags have holes. What do we build our lives for? Upon what do we build our life? If you take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, Jesus had some questions for Peter. And you know, he was asking Peter to consider his beliefs. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked about how our beliefs impact our ways. Think about what you're doing, she said. Consider your ways. Think about what you believe and what you believe, how it influences what you do. Well, let me give you the first clue. No matter what you're doing in life, if a man gained the whole world 
What will it profit him if he loses his own soul? Where is your soul headed? Where is your soul headed? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 16, asked his disciples in verse 13, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said unto him, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, Ah, oh, this is key. But whom say ye that I am? <clears throat> There's a lesson there. Sometimes it's easy for us to see other people's bags with holes in it. We see other people's bags. <laughs> I heard you all laughing at these kids up here. You see, they all figured it out, though. Sometimes we see other people with holes in their bags. But the real question is, me. What about me? Who do you say that Jesus, the Son of Man, is? It's not about what some people say and other people say. What do you believe? In verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the anointed, the chosen one the Son of the living God. And Jesus looked right at Peter and answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, and what is the rock? The truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that is the rock that Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus declares that the reality and truth of who he is, he's going to build his church. Now, this is an interesting parallel to Haggai. What were they supposed to be building in the days of Haggai? The temple. Who's going to build his church? Jesus is going to build it. He says, I will build it. And he's building it upon what rock? The truth that he is the Messiah, the chosen one, the son of the living He's going to build his church. Notice he says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. This has come from the Father. Now I've got something interesting and a curious question. I've always wondered about this. So if this only comes from the Father, then why were the last words of Jesus this? Preach the gospel to every creature. What is the gospel? That Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. That's the gospel. And we have a responsibility to be busy about the gospel, proclaiming Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. It's not our job to convince people. It's not our job to force them into believing it. We try those things, and guess what we're doing? We're building our own little something. No, our job is simply to be the witnesses the proclaimers, the preachers of the good news.
Paul put it this way for himself over in Romans chapter 15, where he says, yea, Romans 15, 20, yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. You see, he was understanding that his job in the building of the church was not to be building it. His job was to be preaching, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, because Jesus is the one who's going to do the building. And so our job is simply to obey him. So I'm going to give you some few pointers. Consider your ways. And the first question you need to answer is, what do you believe about yourself and about Jesus? Do you believe you are a sinner who needs to be saved and you can't save yourself? That's what God says. Do you believe that Jesus did something about your problem <clears throat> and that he died for you, was buried, and rose again? Consider your ways. You can't do good works to save your soul. You can't gather the wages into bags and think that you're giving it to the poor or giving it away. That somehow is going to gain your soul. No good works will save your soul. Only belief, faith in Jesus will save your soul. Consider your ways. That's the first question to ask. Who am I and who is Jesus? He is the Christ, the chosen one, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And if you can answer that question as Peter did, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, for God has revealed that and verified this truth in your heart, then you have a job to go forth, proclaiming the good news. Are you busy about it? I'm not saying that if your bathroom needs a remodel not to do your bathroom. You need to do your bathroom. But are you doing it to the neglect of the real purpose we have in this life? The proclaiming of the gospel. Are we building upon the foundation Jesus has laid? And are we letting Jesus use us to proclaim so that he can do that building through us. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. There's one other very interesting truth about this that's in Matthew chapter 7. Can you turn with me to Matthew chapter 7? We sing a little song. We call it the wise man and the foolish man. You know what the difference is between the wise man and the foolish man? Think about the words of Haggai. What's the difference between the wise man and the foolish man? The wise man considered his ways. The wise man considered his ways. Let's read the history as Jesus gave it to us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, Jesus says, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Think about what are you building your life upon? How are you building your life? Are you building it upon the foundation of Jesus? And are you doing what Jesus wants you to do? Or have you built your life upon the American dream or some other dream that has holes in it? That's a foundation of sand. Consider your ways. Jesus used to use a phrase quite regularly, and it was, he that hath ears, let him hear. You know, that's another way of saying, consider your ways. Do you have ears? You've heard the truth. Will you obey? Consider your ways. I encourage you that we take a few moments here to just right there in your seat to consider your ways. Think about the foundation you're building your life upon. Who is it? Is it you or is it Jesus? Consider what you're doing day by day. Is it for Jesus or is it for you? Consider your ways. Your bank account might be healthy. Most banks don't have holes. I don't think I know of any that do. That's not the point. It doesn't matter how small or big or how rich or poor you are. Does your bag have holes? Upon what are you building your life? Consider your ways.